Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Adrian. And I'm Stormy. And this week, we are going to be going over the 2007 horror Halloween whole fucking shindig anthology trick or treat, <laughs> which I'm excited about. <laughs> Me too. It's so cute. It's amazing. I forgot how fun it is, if anything. Yeah. Now, really, before we get into it, so first and foremost, uh, welcome back, everybody. You know, we've been gone for, it's only been a week, but it always feels like it's a millennia by the time we come back from, like, any type of, like, break. But first off, claps for Stormy, because you are officially not in New Mexico anymore. Snap and claps only. Thank you. Thank you. I will hold your applause. (laughs) (laughs) And also, we probably, I mean, we won't know until we're editing this, but I feel like we're not going to sound the best i'm still trying to figure out like where's the best spot in the home to record and it just it all feels we just have we don't have a lot of furniture right now so like everywhere is very echoey so i'm in a closet right now (laughs) trying to just figure it out for the time being but hopefully it comes off okay i feel like we just forgot how to record it feels like that we took a break and just everything fell apart (laughs) um but it feels like that it really does like i don't even know what the fuck is happening at this point but we're gonna you know fight through the fire and do what we have to do because it's fucking spooky month it's spooktober is that a thing that people say spooktober i have no idea but it's a big month for everybody who is a fan of horror it's the time where everybody else who isn't a fan of horror gets to act like they are so it's a great time of the year for everybody <laughs> it's our time to thrive i mean we've been thriving <laughs> Well, I don't know about 2020, but usually we're th- vibing and thriving throughout the year, but this month especially. Right. Very that. But I'm excited. So we're going to kick off this month, our first week at least in October, with a movie that we both adore, Trick or Treat, which is amazing. Of course, Trick or Treat is a 2007 anthology film that has become a Halloween season mainstay. The movie sees five different stories, including the first story, like the first opening scene, Um but five different stories that intertwine on one faithful Halloween night. The film is directed by Michael Doherty, who also directed <laughs> Krampus. So, listen, I'm struggling with his last name. I'm very sorry. I hope one day we can be best friends, but I'm very sorry, sir. Um, but yes, it is directed by Sir Michael, who also directed Krampus a few years later, which is, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people don't like that movie. I thoroughly enjoy that movie. But it does have a really outstanding cast. This movie does. Of course, it's source Anna Paquin as Laurie, Brian Cox as Mr. Krieg, Dylan Baker as Steven, and, of course, Quinn Lord plays the adorable, the now iconic, I would say, Sam. He's so adorable. I really wanted Alita to be Sam for Halloween um, when she was a baby, but somebody just didn't want to go along with that. <laughs> but... He's so cute. He really is, like, the cutest thing. And it's just funny because he's, like, not. Like, he's over here murdering people, but he is so adorable. It's truly astounding. He's the cutest. Right. But before we get into the discussion, let's go ahead and blow through this week in horror. Because we do have a few things to discuss. Nothing really, like, major kind of really happened, I feel like, over the last couple weeks. But something did happen. So we did have the trailer for the CBS All Access exclusive series, The Stand, based on Stephen King's infamous novel so the trailer dropped so what do we think storm james marsden is hot <laughs> oh 
Yes, always. And Whoopi, oh, looking stunning per usual. Literally the first thing you said, Whoopi? What? <laughs> so I waited until right before the podcast to have like a live reaction. And I was Stormy was listening to me react to the entire thing. And first thing I said was, oh, Whoopi? I mean, and I knew she was in it, but I was just so excited to see her. She looks stunning, gorge. Yeah, between James Marsden as like being hot and Whoopi just being iconic, I can't help but like want to watch it. Yeah, I'm so excited. And it looks awesome. Like it looks phenomenal. It looks like it's going to be a fantastic series because I know they had a version of The Stand come out in almost like around the time that they're doing like it and like all those other Stephen King adaptions that were coming on TV because they also did a Shining adaption and so on and so on. But they had a stand version that came out back in the 90s that um, it wasn't the best because when I had because I've read this novel, I have read this novel cover to cover and it's fantastic. The ending, per usual, with Stephen King work is not great, but the rest of the novel leading up to the ending is it's impeccable. It's it's fantastic. So I went to go watch the series, of course, from the 90s when I finished reading it. And I stopped after the first episode just because it was truly unbearable. But I'm excited for this one. I'm excited. I haven't made it through the stand, if I'm being completely honest. It's long. It's very long. Besides it, it's like one of his longest books. I've tried multiple times. Um, it's just not something for some reason like my brain can comprehend. I've struggled with it a lot, but I'm still really excited to see another work of his being brought to uh, the screen. I'm always going to be excited for that, no matter what novel it is. And it looks great. It really, really does look great. So I'm excited. I don't have CBS All Access. And I don't know if I want to get CBS All Access, but for this, I probably will have to look into doing what I need to do because I definitely want to watch this. I would read the book. I, I mean, it's long. It is very long, but it's very worth it. And it's very of the moment. Because I remember we talked about this series, like, probably near, like, the first or second episode when it was still being discussed, how they had to stop shooting, like, early. Like, almost, like, I don't know. I think it was, like, a week or so or a couple weeks before they were originally supposed to stop shooting because this is, of course, when COVID had first come into the picture. And it's still a very sensitive topic. I mean, this book revolves around a virus that wipes out most of humanity. So it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, especially because I feel like we all have now trauma based around things like this. So I'm excited and I'm very, very, I don't know, curious, I guess, if anything. Yeah. Understandable. Now, okay. So I was very excited when I saw that Warner Brothers actually has like their own horror merch line that's based around like, the staples, the horror icons. And some of that shit's gorgeous. I mean, I'm obsessed with it, if anything. Um, it gives me nostalgic vibes, even for, like, newer titles. Like, the prints just seem, like, aged and just gives you that vintage vibe. They look super soft. I'm excited. I can't wait to stock my closet. <laughs> Same. I'm excited. I mean, obviously, it is. It's presented by Warner Brothers. You can find them on Instagram. It's literally just called Horror Icons. They, like Stormy said, like, the prints are very 90s, I guess, if anything. Like, very, like you said, distressed, aged. And, I mean, in the age of, like, Etsy and Redbubble and, like, all these apps that people make really original and cool-looking horror t-shirts... It's nice to see, you know, obviously like a big brand like Warner Brothers actually come out and like merchandise or with merchandise. It just, 
it's nice and it's interesting because they're kind of feeding into because it's it's hard because I feel like horror is a big thing and at least in our lives but I still feel like it's very niche you know I feel like it's still not like a super big thing so it's nice to see a big company a big you know studio like Warner Brothers kind of lean into that and make a whole entire line surrounding these horror icons that's not even exclusively just for this month like it's going to be a mainstay which I think is really awesome like I said I'm excited to get a couple of staples for my wardrobe because as big of a fan of as I am I don't really have that much merchandise. Me either, which is weird. I mean, I have a couple of pieces um, of, like, art from people on Twitter and, like, like you are saying, like, Etsy and the little pins and stuff, but I don't have, like, full-on merchandise. Me either. I mean, I have... Now I do, I think. Over the last, like, year or so, like, I started leaning into it, you know, with the pins and the Funko Pops and everything else, but I don't have, like, a lot of T-shirts just because... I don't know. A t-shirt can like run, especially like a merchandise t-shirt or just like a t-shirt that has like a lot of effort put into it. They can run at least like an easy 30 to $40 plus shipping a lot of the times gets very expensive. So right. I'm always just very hesitant to purchase any type of clothing just because I want it desperately. But also like I've gained weight during quarantine. And I mean, I, unlike, you know, a lot of people, I guess I still pretty much stay home a lot of the time. So I really don't go out too often. I don't, I'm not seen by the public and I'm gaining weight. I'm being comfortable. I literally wear big shorts, big t-shirts. So like this whole entire year, like I haven't felt the need to purchase any new clothing. And honestly, I'm quite terrified to like buy anything because I just know it's probably not going to fit me because I'm sure I probably don't wear the same size jeans or shorts that I did at the beginning of the year because I honestly baggy, baggy shorts all year, like nothing else. So I'm not quite sure. It makes me nervous to purchase anything, but some of this shit looks fucking rad and I'll probably look into it. Maybe even if I just buy it like as like a sleeping shirt or something, I'll just get it really big. So (laughs) so I don't have like a big meltdown if it doesn't fit. Comfy vibes. (laughs) Ariana Grande who? Wow. With boots. <laughs> oh, yes. All the way up to my ankle. Can't wait to see you swing your ponytail. <laughs> the boots all the way up to my ass. I love that. To your ankle. Wow. You're being really scandalous with those boots, Adrian. Mm-hmm. I'm showing ankle. I'm a bad girl. <laughs> She's a bad girl. Okay. Well, again, this week was this week. I don't know what's going on, but we did get a very cute short called Stay Home, which had a lot of horror icons. You know, we had Daniel Harris, we had Kane Hodder, we had Barbara Crampton, and it was adorable, especially in the vein of, like, Host and, of course, Unfriended and, you know, things that have now kind of leaned into the, I don't know, like the modern age of horror, which I guess is just being on your laptop. But it was adorable. Did you enjoy that, Stormy? Did you watch it, first and foremost? Um, yeah, it, I liked it a lot. It reminded me of host, like gave me host vibes, but all, obviously made it like super niche for all of us in the horror community by including some of the favorite stars. I really enjoyed it. it fun, quick. Quick. We love that word. In we really thing. do. Ever in since we <laughs> ever since we saw host, like that's what I want everything to be. Give it all to me and under an hour. <laughs> that's all I want. It's really shaken up like the way I view things now because I'm really just like these extra 20 minutes added on just don't they don't add much a lot of the times with these movies, you know, and it just they would all benefit from being an hour. I feel like it makes it more 
I don't know, like it's a quick, a, a quick bite, I guess. Even though an hour is a good chunk of time, I just want everything to be short. And this was 16 minutes long, very short, very fun. I highly recommend everybody go and watch it. It's You can find it, of course, obviously on YouTube, but you can go to blood, uh, toobloodydisgusting.com as well. They have the article about it. It's fucking good shit, if anything. Do recommend. But, I mean, it was a slow week in horror. Nothing's really happened. No Scream 5 news, really. So that's... Oh, actually, that's a lie. So Nev Campbell did an interview uh, <laughs> either today or yesterday. I, I don't even remember. I saw it today, the day of our recording, where she is going to be filming Scream 5 in two weeks. So in the next two weeks, she's going to be on set. She's going to be doing her thing. She's going to be fucking, she's, she's going to be filming. And that's a big deal. That really is a big deal. We really do find the most uh like random ways to fit <laughs> scream into every single week as we should like it doesn't it doesn't matter if like literally nothing was announced we'd just be like so just a little tidbit for you guys it's really for us but it is but y'all those are pictures on. those pictures of her of Ned right. Campbell those pictures the youth the, the beauty surf. the serve the gag i just like, how do you look like that? Like, how, how, how does she look like that? I just don't understand. Did you see the picture of, um, and I don't know how recent it is, but it's circulating around Twitter of um, Matthew Lillard and um, the actor that plays Billy. They're both, hold, they're older mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And they're holding um, the ghost the ghost face masks? Yes, love that. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, oh my god. We're just we 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 talk about Scream or the actors from Scream. We just have to do it. So, today on Twitter, I don't know what happened. A picture of David Arquette came out with his shirt was lifted very, you know, it wasn't a lot, and he was putting on a belt, and I have never in my life and I don't think I ever will again. But I have never in my life felt sexually attracted to David Arquette. (laughs) And I was taken aback at how turned on, to be quite frank. I'm very sorry. You know, we're not a PG program. I was very turned on and I was very enamored and I was frightened. I was. Frightened. (laughs) I was. I was terrified because even younger David Arquette, Scream 1 David Arquette, no sexual interest. I just, I'm more turned on by Courtney Cox. And that's just because she's got big dick energy. But something about those pictures of David Arquette today circulating the internet, they made me feel some type of way. I don't know if he has caught wind of me wanting him to be the sacrificial lamb <laughs> from the original trio. I'm assuming that might be what it is. But he, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And now I don't want to see him die. Um, and I'm I'm very confused, if anything. I'm very confused with my sexuality. I <laughs> I don't know where I stand anymore. But if you haven't seen those pictures, I mean I don't know if you're gonna get your kinks out of it, but I sure did, and I'm very confused. I'm literally going to Twitter right now to see what the fuck you're talking about. It's like my latest retweet. As it's of today. the first thing that popped up as soon as I opened Twitter. 
And it's nothing. It's nothing. It is so bare minimum. This is the kind of stuff that I would touch myself to back in like 2002 when I had to, <laughs> when I had to like use a flip phone and had to pay 99 cents to fucking be able to get on the internet for every that time one you opened night. the internet. Yeah, you had to pay 99 cents. I would fucking sit there, and it would be just a dial pad, and it would go click 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 when you would like scroll down to like see a picture, and it would just be like, you know, whoever I saw Ryan Philippi shirtless, and I'd just be click 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 click. It, it's just one of those pictures. It's nothing major. I mean, it's not amazing. It's not, you know, it's fantastic. Not. I was expecting so much more, Adrian. <laughs> Why do you think I'm so confused? Why do you think I'm so, I'm taken aback? I don't know what to do with myself at this point. I feel like I should just see myself out. I feel like I should just cut the podcast. I feel like I should just stay off of the internet. I feel like I should if just If you switch TV. the two, like if you switch the order, it kind of looks like he's taking off his belt. Right. Which to you know, like. I don't know. Do whatever he does with the belt. But <laughs> I didn't know we were going to talk about David Arquette and anything like this. And he's not. I mean, I feel bad. I just I'm, he's not my cup of tea. And I don't know mm-hmm. why, you know, this is our topic at the moment. But he I gives just, off daddy energy. I mean, I guess he's an actual dad. <laughs> but He's an actual dad. He's an actual dad. But I mean, we all know that Gail's the top in the relationship. She is pegging him. She was stop that right now. <laughs> she was in charge that entire relationship. I mean, per Scream Four, I mean they're still together. So I wonder what they're gonna do with them in this movie. I wonder if they're still gonna be together. I wonder if they're gonna be separated because obviously there was tension back in the fourth movie, and now it's like ten years later. So I have no idea. I kind of hope. I don't know. Should we fantasy write this? I kind of hope that they're not together. I hope Gail is like thriving and I hope she's like doing her own thing. I hope she has multiple. I mean, I have always been a stan for Gail. So I just hope she's thriving and doing her thing. And do we could still, you know, be working as a sheriff or whatever in Woodsboro. And I just hope she's like, I hope she's killing it. That's what I hope. uh, That's just what I want from her. I hope they had a messy divorce. And for some reason, just good old Ghostface brings them back together. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know that's what it's going to be. I wonder if they're going to have a kid. Ooh, I imagine. have a kid in the fourth one. Gail does not like, seem the type. I feel like Dylan Minette is their child. Do you? I think people are going apeshit about him being Ghostface. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's leaks already. I'm sure there's people in the bowels I'm of Reddit. avoiding it. Me Everything's too. muted. But I've seen people just like comment on Twitter from here and there that he just looks very suspicious. He does. It's just his aura. He just looks very suspicious. He's very sus. And I I don't know. I mean, I'm not quite sure. And I wonder if we're going to have double killers this time around. I'm not quite sure if hmm. we will. I feel like we shouldn't. I mean, every movie besides the third one has had two killers in it and i guess it makes sense in the sense of you know it's going to take more than one person to fucking pull off a serial killing spree but i i don't need it you can keep it but we'll see but i don't know i don't know i just don't know i just want sydney to be okay that's all i want you just want everybody to be okay i do Is that what everybody you just said i want sydney to be okay wow because at first i remember when the news first broke that they were going to be possibly doing this movie and I was like, you know, if Sydney dies, it's, you know, it's going to happen. But I quickly was smacked in the face with reality of I, I don't think I could cope with that. She's truly my favorite final girl. She's my favorite 
character in like any horror movie besides Gail. They're very even with one another. And then it's probably like Laurie Strode after that. And then probably Nancy from, you know, Nightmare on Elm or yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. And then we should do an episode on Final Girls. Yeah. I'm yeah, because we I want to talk about them. Whenever we first started, we said we were going to do lists, so I'm down. We should do that sometime soon. I think that'd be so fun because I love a good final girl because, you know, queers are just drawn to like that. <laughs> it's true. You know, growing up, it just obviously you don't get a lot of representation from actual queer people. So as a queer kid, you're looking at, you know, these women, these feminine figures, if you will, who are standing up for themselves and fighting back while all their friends are getting butchered. And you're just like, you know what? Yeah, you know, she can do this. Because also, you know, just for women in general, that's a big thing. And that's why horror is a big thing for the girls and the gays. Because it really took an aspect that a lot of movies didn't do and that was just strong female characters and really upped it and had them be strong, independent, and kicking ass and beating the fuck out of Jason, Michael, Freddy, Ghostface, and just kicking some ass. So I definitely want to look into that. We should do that soon. Like, we yes. each have, like, our favorite, like, maybe a list of, like, f- our five favorite final girls. But that'd be hard, because I feel like we're going to intertwine very easily. We can just talk about it. I guess we don't have to do... We could do top three. Okay. Or maybe we can just come up with a list together. We can just do, like, okay. top ten together. I think that'd be so fun. Works for me. Oh, fun. But you know what? Slow news week. So we might as well just get into <laughs> the meat of everything, because, honestly, I'm so ready, as always, to talk about Trick or Treat. Hey everybody, so if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating again. We're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Well, we are back, and we, of course, are diving into probably one of my favorite Halloween movies. Like, I legitimately watch this movie every year. Every year since I first saw it back in 2007, it's been something that I've watched yearly. Like, it's phenomenal. I love this movie. Um, It's not something that I've watched over and over, but it's still fun. And I like, I enjoy it every time I watch it, so I don't know why. I don't rewatch it every year, but it's just not something I grab. Yeah, it's just one of those things that, I don't know, like, I just have to watch it now. And maybe it's just the beginning, like the, um, I don't even know what you call that, like the old school, like, what is that? Like a PSA almost of just like how to be safe on Halloween and, you know, check your candy. Like, the rules of Halloween. It's listing out the rules of Halloween. It's very, I don't know, Schoolhouse Rock. Is that? I'm Probably not. But, like, that PSA <laughs> yeah. shit from back no, in the I day. No, I got you. It's very that. And um, ever since I saw that, like, it just, it draws you in. It's so enjoyable. The movie itself was never even released into theaters. It was straight to DVD at the time. It was made on a budget, an estimated budget of $12 million. And it surpassed that in sales, like in DVD and Blu-ray sales many, many years back. And it's become very profitable. Like, I mean, even now you go to Spirit Halloween and Sam, Trick or Treat, the merchandise is everywhere. It's a staple. It's really a big thing in the horror community at this point. And it's not hard to understand why, because it's truly... Fantastic as an anthology film. It really is. And I don't watch a lot of anthology films. I mean, I just, I don't. I haven't seen Creepshow, which I feel like is 
I'm sorry for my sins, but like I haven't seen a lot of anthology films, especially in the realm of horror. Mm-hmm. I I don't really enjoy nonlinear um, movies. Just not that like I'm easily confused because that makes me sound like a fucking dumbass. But I just don't. I don't know. I just like everything flowing, and it just doesn't until the very fucking end. I think that's like the brilliant thing with this movie is. It is an anthology, so it's everything. Well, the weird thing is, like in traditional anthologies, like Creep Show or Tales from the Crypt, like it's just completely different stories. Right. You know, like it has one story, twenty minutes long, and then it just like cuts to sometimes like an intermission period where they'll kind of like lead into the next one, or sometimes it'll just cut straight to the next story, and it's just like you know four tales of terror and stuff like that, which is very, which this movie kind of pays homage to, obviously, in a very interesting way because it lays it out it's four different stories and the crazy thing is they are they're all intertwined and you really don't pick up on that until like the very end where things start to come together mm-hmm. but in in like every rewatch that i've had of this movie since the beginning since i first watched it it's fun like you just catch every little thing and it just it is a brilliant way of having different stories but making sure they're all like you said still linear at the end of it all you know right it's a one big story. Yeah. Um, I really don't know why I don't reach for this movie more. Because one of my favorite things growing up was Tales from the Crypt. And so you would think that like something with that same type of vibe, you know what I mean? Would be something that I would reach for. But here I am. Maybe I will from now on. It's just not one that I think of. And now I feel kind of guilty. Because it is so good. It is. It's so good. And like it's not... It's not terrifying. It's not like, you know, I don't watch this movie and like, I mean, there's things in it that make me super uncomfortable. The bus scene obviously still makes me very uncomfortable to this day in a good way. But this, even back when I first watched it, like it wasn't like, well, that's a lie. I'm sure when I first watched it back in 2007, I was probably terrified. But on every rewatch since then, even as far as I can remember, just being younger and watching this movie, you know, every year, it just, it's always been one of those movies that's like a... The beginning of the month watch, like October 1st comes around, I watch it. It's fun. It's not something that, you know, it doesn't have its slow moments. Like everything's moving constantly. Like there's always something happening. The characters are fun. Everything. The music is phenomenal. And it's just a good fucking time. And it to me is like the best way to kick off October every year, Mm -hmm. which is why we kind of planned it as like our first episode of October, because it's just one of those things that really kind of gets you in the Halloween spirit, if anything. (laughs) what is your favorite like little what is your favorite i don't know murder is that the right word your favorite scene favorite scene out of the whole movie yeah huh well goodness i don't know well i guess i feel like my favorite story and my favorite scene might be different okay so your favorite story so my favorite story i think out of all of it Oh my goodness, I don't know. That's so tough. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's hard because they're all like really good. I wish it could be the werewolves, but not a lot really happens with them because that's my favorite scene mm-hmm. in the movie. Like point blank period. The, you know, the werewolf women coming to fucking life and literally taking off their skin and just murdering those men. Mm, mm, delicious. I love it. Mm, delicious. Tasty. That's my favorite scene in the movie. But there's not a lot of 
you know, there's not a lot going on with that story. There really isn't. Because that story focuses, of course, on Anna Paquin, who is a virgin at 22. You know, live your life, girl. But she's coming into her own, into the pack. You know, they're trying to get her to have her first experience, her first, you know, her first man, if anything. And that's just, like, it. Like, they have their moment at the very beginning when they're all in the store, like, putting on their costumes. It's just there's not a lot that happens with that story, but it has, like, the best conclusion out of all of Mm -hmm. them, I would say. Well, maybe not because, damn it, this is tough, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I would say my favorite story is probably, I don't know, do you have one? Like, your favorite story? Yeah, you said that it made you uncomfortable, though. I really enjoy the bus scene. Oh, yeah. What makes me uncomfortable because I just feel bad because... Of what's happening, but it's right. one of my favorites. And I think that's so why I think I was leaning towards Mr. Krieg and Sam being like my favorite overall story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is. I do think that's my favorite overall story. Because growing up, when I was younger, it was always, um, maybe because they were the youngest characters in the movie, but when I was younger, it was always, you know, the kids with going to the cliff and having, you know, explaining the story of what happened with the bus and going down there and having like that whole thing. That used to be my favorite when I was growing up. But now that I watch it these days, I feel like the most enjoyable part is Sam. And maybe just because he's so, like, a big thing these days. Like, I enjoy watching his scene or um, his entire, you know, altercation or his interaction with Mr. Creek. Because it's very, obviously, like, it's like like a Christmas carol for Halloween. You know, like Mr. Scrooge. It's Mr. Creek, obviously. Somebody who hates Halloween for you know, hates it down to its core because he was obviously the bus driver and is very traumatized by this, uh, by the holiday. But I think that's my favorite story now in this moment. It might change next year, but that's my favorite story currently. Fair enough. Um, I feel like I haven't seen, because Sam is a very big staple in Halloween culture, like we said. Um, you see him mm-hmm. in every fucking spirit Halloween ever. But I don't feel like I see very many of him at haunts or like at haunted houses. And I I wonder if I would be scared by somebody in a Sam costume. Um so they did have a trick-or-treat maze. I don't know if it was last year at Universal Studios or if it was the year prior. But they did have one just recently. And I was excited because obviously I love this movie. And that maze wasn't, it wasn't like my favorite maze the entire night. It just wasn't. Because um, they did it in a very, I mean, I guess in the way that you would do a trick-or-treat maze. Like they would have each section just be a different story. So like you go in there and it's like one story and you go into it, it's another story. It ends with Mr. Krieg and Sam. And there's a portion where like they have like an animatronic on the ceiling of Sam like crawling, you know, up and down the hallway. Not scary, cute. He's just cute, um, but of course when he like takes off his mask and like it's that weird pumpkin face. They like they had a moment at the end of the maze where he popped up like that, which was kind of terrifying. But like you said, it's very hard to make him scary. He's cute and he's a big staple now. It's just not easy to make somebody who looks that adorable like super terrifying. Yeah, I just I think he's so cute. Like they could probably try and pop up, and I'd be like, oh, I just want to. Give him a little squeeze. But they do it so well in the story with Mr. Krieg. When he's running around all fucking crazy with his little fucking razor blade chocolate bar. <laughs> I mean, if that was coming at me, I'd be fucking terrified, obviously. Uh, yeah, probably. 
I mean, I, I mean, I don't know, because uh, I mean, I would probably still have the inkling to just kick him, just kick him, <laughs> be like, just... short little thing. <laughs> you fucking child, and just fucking punt him out of my window. But also, like, he's like, I don't know, like the spirit of Halloween, really. So I don't really know if I would even have the opportunity of being able to kick him without him literally probably just snapping his fingers and turning me into a fucking pile of candy corn. <laughs> pile of candy corn. <laughs> The worst fate, really. Really? That is the shittiest candy. I don't understand. Y'all can fight me. I don't fucking care. That's literally flavored candle wax. And I don't understand why all you motherfuckers try and make it a thing every single year. Like, just, no. I don't understand. There's so many more candies out there that are more enjoyable. I'm just, oh my god, why? I don't mind candy corn. Oh. It's not, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not going to sit here and fucking battle you to the death about the quality of candy corn because it yeah. really is abysmal. But I don't mind it. Like, it's one of those things where if I can have it, it's almost like eggnog. Like, if I was drinking eggnog, and eggnog is, it's disgusting, but it's one of those things like in the season, like it's, it hits different. Maybe I'm crazy, but it's just one of those things, you know, Halloween comes around, October comes around and candy corn is like, "Mm," you know, I can have it and I enjoy it. But if it's like April and I'm eating candy corn, I'm like, why am I doing this to my body? You know, it's just that kind of thing. It's just, I can have like a little bit here and there, but the people who really do like go, you know, toe for toe defending candy corn makes no sense to me, but I enjoy it. So I understand why me, I don't know why they're so passionate about it, but if I were to turn into candy corn and that was my way to go. I mean, just, that'd be very depressing. I'm going to be pissed if I turn into candy corn. <laughs> uh, okay, so, with this movie, it's so insane to me because I remember the first time that I watched it. And one thing, uh, I don't know, it's tough because most of this movie I enjoy, but I really don't enjoy, like, the principal, like, at all. Like, I don't care for his character. I don't care for his story. And I kind of don't like that he was also, like, the vampire guy running around. I love that he got torn apart by these werewolves, obviously. But he's, like, my least favorite in this movie. It's just, I didn't, I don't enjoy his... Actually, that's a lie. I do love the scene where he's in his backyard trying to bury that kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Krieg is there. And his son, Billy, is being so annoying and so obnoxious while he's just trying to bury this kid's body. F- fucking high comedy. I, like, I fucking die every time I watch that scene. Um, I don't mind the principal. Really? He's my least really favorite don't. in this movie. Huh. And not in a bad way. Like, not in, like, I... Because I I, there's really... There's nothing about this movie that I hate. But if I was to pick something that's, like, my least favorite story or, like, my least favorite character, it'd probably be him. Fair enough. Um, I feel like you might really fight me, but I don't really care for the werewolves. <gasps> wow. Okay, well, you know what? Let's kind of go story by story, I guess, and just kind of discuss each one and kind of get into the gist of them all. Uh-huh. So... I mean, yes, I mean, there's four main stories, obviously, but I I mean, I account for five just because the beginning is still kind of like a story. Uh-huh. Um, so the opening scene is ridiculous because she's always annoyed me, the woman at the beginning, just because she's just like, and that's why she dies quickly. That's why Sam fucking murders her very quickly because she just hates it. And you can tell she hates Halloween. And I'm like, girl, why are you here? Why do you put so much effort into decorating your whole entire front yard if you just hate Halloween this much? You're awful. And her husband is awful. But that scene, I think it's a good way to start the movie because like, it really is like a, a whole separate story in of itself. 
obsessed with it. And Sam gets a kill early on in the movie, which is fun. He's adorable. I love him, you know, getting blood on his hands. He deserves. <laughs> getting blood on his hands. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically that might be the least favorite story, if we count it as, like, one of the stories. Because not really much happens there. She pulls out the candle, which, I mean, do you do that? I mean, since this movie, if I ever had, like, a, a like a lantern lit, I try to, like, avoid blowing it out now. Like, avoid it. Like, Following the rules of Halloween. Right. Um, I don't... I don't think that I've had a jack-o'-lantern since I was a child. And I obviously wasn't the one that was responsible for putting it out. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those things... Growing up, that was never, like, a thing. Like, we never had, like... Besides, obviously, check your candy, which I feel like is just, like, a mainstay every year of Halloween. Like, we never had rules, you know? I never had any type of indication of, like, don't do this on Halloween night or don't do that on Halloween night. And I think that's something that really, like, makes me love this movie because it adds, like, so much, which is crazy because Halloween really, if you kind of look at every single holiday, it's a holiday that's really, it has, like, the most energy surrounding it, you know? Like, it has a lot going on. But growing up, uh, Christians... I mean, yeah. if we're being real, religion completely <laughs> tore it apart. But like, growing up, it's, just, it's turned into just you dress up in a spooky little costume and you go get candy. But there's so much to that night of the year that we just don't – growing up, like, we're not explained. You know, we're not told these things. But we're told, of course, Christmas is all that because that's when Jesus came around. Thanksgiving's all that because that's when Columbus came and murdered everybody in America, <laughs> these poor natives. You know, we celebrate these holidays like hardcore and we have all this, mis- you know, we have all this history behind them. But Halloween has always just been, you know, you go get candy and that's it. So when this movie first came out, like I completely loved that it completely added like a new layer to the night of Halloween. And it gave it character. It gave it a story beyond just being such a simple holiday because it's always been a simple holiday as a child at least that's how I looked at it as well I was like you know oh it's scary it's a scary time of year but there's just so much to it so I love just the aspect of having rules of like you know you can't do this on Halloween night don't do this don't do that you know make sure you do have candy you know don't be a Debbie Downer kind of thing I enjoy the aspect of trick-or-treat being able to kind of you know bring that forward I guess yeah um I don't know I agree so the movie starts off with, like, doing that really well, obviously. I mean, it's very simple, like, don't blow out the jack-o'-lantern. But I love that it sets that precedence really quick, or that precedence really quickly. Oh, so if we're looking at the principal then, I mean, so you enjoy the principal, obviously. I mean, do you, was that one of your favorite stories, I guess, out of the entire, like, the entire movie? Um, no. I, like I said, I think I really enjoy, I stick with the bus scene with the little zombies. Yeah, they're adorable. They really are. Um, I don't know. I don't think that I enjoy... I don't, like, love his character in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I just love, like, I don't know, feeling justified in the end. That he gets murdered. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't think that his character is disgusting or anything, but, like, I don't know. There's just always a sense of satisfaction at the end. Yeah, and I guess I really didn't understand, like, his his thing. Um, I don't know if he just, like, kills people and, like, just, like, eats their blood, or I don't know if he's an actual vampire in a way. Like, I had no idea. I don't think he is, and that's 
even to this day, girl, I'm confused. And I haven't, like, looked into it or, like, researched it just because I like to just... I switch my opinion every single time I watch the movie. Really? But, yeah. So I don't know if he's, like, an actual, like... I'm assuming he's a cannibal because he's... Bare, like, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea because he's, you know, when he was with that girl in the alleyway and he was, like, you know, using his makeshift fangs or real fangs I don't know to like bite her and like taste her blood and all this stuff and he even has a son involved in it you know like his son was helping him carve up that kid's head which right. is very morbid so I don't I never really kind of got the gist of like I guess he's just an awful person who kills people and he just he didn't I mean he had a hilarious seed and then like he kind of just disappeared and then we find out at the end that he's kind of been around the entire time so he yeah. just kind of felt flat for me and he still kind of feels flat for me as a character even though like he has a scene that kind of sets the precedence also of, like, you know, there's rules to follow on Halloween, you know, this, do that, check your candy. That scene where the kid from Bad Santa is throwing up is so Ugh. disgusting. Yeah, the poison candy. Yeah, it's... And there's nobody around. Nobody is nobody looking at this, like, five-minute scene of this kid vomiting his guts out. Nobody comes in. Like, nobody nobody cares. Nobody's walking. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? This poor kid is literally... That scene's always been so disgusting to me right just going back like two seconds i was gonna agree with you and say that i always thought that he was a cannibal so i don't know i think he is i don't i never got the vampire vibe but i definitely got the cannibal vibe yeah that's what i think he's a cannibal i'm pretty sure he eats people that's my assumption at least is that he, <laughs> yeah that's what he does i mean i just it makes and that's why it's even more satisfactory when he gets eaten alive at the end he just got what was coming to him <laughs> he got it he got got but i mean he's ridiculous now if we're kind of looking at the werewolves then i mean i can understand why you wouldn't be like super fond of them because nothing happens they really don't have a story going on right because they have this setup scene where we, you know, where they tell us Lori's a virgin, and then it's just her walking around for like the rest of the movie until the end. Like that's what it is. We like don't. And I wish, and I would love a full movie of just them running around murdering people and seducing men and luring them to the woods and just eating them. I mean, I'm <laughs> all for it. That's what I want. Very siren vibes. Mm-hmm. That's the content that we want. I needed more of that in this movie because I mean the scene. I mean, do you love the scene, though, at least when, like, they're fucking ripping their skin off? Oh, yeah. To the arithmetic I mean... sweet dreams? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I love that you know the the artist and everything. Yes, I'm obsessed <laughs> with them. The arithmetics actually have a good discography. Like, they have really good music. I'm obsessed with them. That's, like, their most well-known song. But, come on. I mean, come on. Verified, that that scene is for the gays. I... Don't like hate it. I just wasn't like, oh my god, serve. Yes, fuck me up. What? I can't. <laughs> you what? I don't know. Am I getting kicked out of the community? I I don't know. To me, that <laughs> that scene is for the gays. As a gay boy, watching them just rip off their breasts and just <laughs> transform into these fucking monstrous but also growing up i was obsessed with like werewolves um american werewolf in london is literally one of my favorite movies of like all time and uh, i don't know i just i love werewolves i love the note even though i feel like they're like super basic like i mean because i feel like vampires are like they have a lot more going on they have a lot more mythos to them and werewolves are kind of just like you know 
beasts and whatever. But I love them. So to see a group of women, fucking a pack of werewolves, just, I don't know. I love that shit. The stripping was hot. I'm all about it. I love it. <laughs> I want to be them. I wish I could be a Eat me. They can eat me. I would sacrifice myself to them. I just, I love it. You're like, just, for, like, just so I could be there. Yeah, just so I could be a part of it, even if I'm just, <laughs> you know, a victim. Do what you gotta do to me, ladies. You're a mess. I mean, I just love that scene. To each their own. <laughs> okay, I feel like we kind of have, like, glossed over the kids a little bit. Um, watching it this time around, be, I don't know. I feel like it's the most like, it used to be my favorite growing up and now, and to me, it's like the anchor of like all of the, like, it's kind of like the, it's in the middle of it just because it also has like a direct connection to Sam, Mr. Creek's story. I feel like it kind of helps drive along. And when it cuts from like one of the other little stories, it always cuts back to them, like the kids. But I think all those all, all the kid characters are just bad. So watching it now, like at age twenty five, I was like, mm, they're not as enjoyable as I remember them being. They're a little bit insufferable, but just I love the set pieces that they have. Like obviously when they go to um, the younger girl's house, the one that they're very rude to. Her, I mean, her whole set piece of those fucking jack o' lanterns or her jack o' lanterns. I can't even say that word. Jack o' lanterns. All over her house is like a stunning visual. They get the cool scene at the cliff, which looks gorgeous. They get the cool scene at the bottom. I feel like they have like the most, really the biggest like scenes, really. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it, I think that's why I enjoy them most growing up is because I felt like it was the most, it had the most happening. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of um, nuances. There was a lot of twists and turns, the pranks, the real monsters, you know. Uh, it's really fun. I think, I just... It's hard for me to, like, watch kid actors and just, like, not, like, just stare at them these days. And I hate that, like, I can't get my mind out of that gutter. Mm-hmm. But it's hard sometimes when I'm watching kid actors because I'm just, like, watching them. And they're not even that young. They're pretty old. But just watching them this time around, I was just like, damn, I just want I, I just want a little more from you guys. But yeah. it's still, I don't know. I think it's funny. I don't know. It, like you said, it's, like, one of your favorite scenes, at least. One of your favorite things going on in the movie. Um, my favorite part is whenever Rhonda gets to the elevator first and just kind of leaves everybody to die at the zombie children. As she should. And then. As she should. She, like, kind of, like, crosses over Sam whenever she's leaving. And they both just, like, nod at each other. <laughs> and I giggle every fucking time. Mm-hmm. She's one of my favorite characters in the movie. The most knowledgeable on the night of Halloween, I would say. And she sticks it to the bullies. I love her. I love her in this movie. She's adorable. She's a cutie patootie. But yeah, that's my favorite part. Just them being like, sup, yeah. Like, yeah, we did that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, because they deserve it. I, when she was running, she tripped and she hit her head. I was like, oh. When the first time I watched that, I thought she died. And so I was like very triggered by that. <laughs> You're like, oh. Like, yeah, I felt so bad. And I was very upset because, I don't know. I just... I hate bullies, man. I hate them. I hate them so much. And I want nothing more to, like, just be. And every, every time I watch any type of movie that has, like, a bullying situation, in, I just wish I could be in that moment so I could bully the bully. It's just always a satisfactory ending because she, obviously, like you said, when she just fucking locks them out is the best thing. Right. And she does have a little moment with Sam. That's, yeah, that's a very cute moment. He respects know. her, her knowledge. <laughs> he respects her. They're, uh equals in his eyes 
They are. They are. So the cool thing about this movie, and then we kind of, of course, talked about it a little bit earlier. It's just like the intertwining of everything because mm-hmm. it really, it just makes it so enjoyable on every rewatch. It really is. And I don't know. I think I'm crazy, really, because I... When I was watching it this time around to discuss on the podcast, I didn't even notice like sometimes they would have like these these camera movements and angles that would kind of allude to other characters like kind of being in the scenes, which is weird because I don't know how I've like I've always missed that. But going back into this movie, it's one of those things where you watch it every time and you just catch a little bit of different things like every single time, which I absolutely adore. I love whenever, like you said, I love whenever um, you can pick up a little Easter egg every time. That's one of my favorite things is rewatching things. And, well, I don't really catch them all that much in um, horror movies. Mm-hmm. But that's what I love about, like, Disney movies and shit like that is just catching the little things in the background. I think it's Easter so eggs. fun. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it really is enjoyable. Now, one of the things I really do love about this movie, too, just because I'm, like, a nerd when it comes to scores and, like, sound... Mm-hmm. I love, like, the music in this movie. Obviously, like, the main title is very... Or, like, the main title music. It just feels like a storybook, you know? Like, the... I'm not going to try to do it either. I can't hold the, I can't hold the note. No, uh, I need you like to the, do it. No, I can't. I cannot. <laughs> I literally cannot. I mean, I, I can. I believe in you. I won't say literally because I can try. But the... <laughs> sorry, I can't stand you. <laughs> um, the... I can't. I don't... I feel do so it, stupid. Okay. bitch. The... I love it. We need to record it. Where's our recording booth? No, I can't stand it. But I love it because it feels like a storybook, and I love like the opening, uh, like the opening sequence too, or the opening title. Fuck, dude, the opening credits. That's what it is because it's like it's all comic book, like graphic novel esque, which is awesome. And it just that main title theme over all of that. It's so whimsical. It has such a whimsical vibe to it. And I really, really, really enjoy it. It reminds me of... Okay, so hear me out. Because <laughs> this is going to be the most ridiculous comparison. But just hear me out. It reminds me of Shrek. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, whenever they're opening it and it's like the storybook of them telling. Right. Yeah, that's what I imagine. Like, I feel like they could intertwine. You could put that music... You could put that music over Shrek open, the Shrek opening. Michael Dowdery, Dowdery. Oh God, I don't know why I can't say his last name. I'm so sorry, sir. But him as a director, or he as a director, he just, he is very whimsical in a lot of the stuff that he directs. Obviously, he did Krampus many years later, and that was like my main the main reason I even wanted to go watch Krampus is because he directed it because I love Trick or Treat so much. And I was like, you know what? If he can kind of do the same thing with Krampus that he did with Trick or Treat, I'm probably going to enjoy it. And he did. I just feel like he, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't R-rated first and foremost. So it was more family friendly. And I think kind of going into the realm of Christmas, he kind of had to do that, I guess, for whatever reason. But I really, really do love that movie because he does, he makes everything so I don't know. Even the directing in this movie and, like I said, with the sound and the audio and the cinematography, it just feels like you're watching a comic book the entire time. It just feels like you're watching – it's weird to say, but it feels like you're watching even, like, Saturday morning cartoons almost. Like, I don't know what it is. It just – it feels like it's made for children even though it's not, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
I feel it. Well, everything. I think it gives off that vibe because Halloween is something that's geared towards children. It's not something mm-hmm. that really <laughs> adults are supposed to vibe with. Well, not supposed to, but it's geared towards children. It's supposed to be a children's holiday, and obviously all of us indulge, but... Um, so I could see why you get those vibes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, he definitely presents things like that. I also believe that we should talk over Krampus at some point, just because I want to show off my Krampus tattoo. <laughs> Wait, you have a Krampus tattoo? <laughs> well, not of Krampus, but I have his little beating stick on my ankle. Oh, do you really? Stormy, how, yeah. have, I never, how have I never seen you? Know? Well, um, I don't... I, I got it around, like, last Christmas. Because they had a, because they had a nightmare before Christmas and Krampus like, um, like like tattoo party thing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, those tattoo parlors. We love it. But yeah, I would love to talk about Krampus. I don't know when. I don't know if we'll do it this year, but I do someday. Yeah, someday. Because I do genuinely enjoy that movie, and it's probably because I have such a love for trick or treat. It's fun. It's whimsical. It really a lot of people just... did not care for it. For Trick or Treat? No, I was talking about Krampus. Sorry. Oh, yeah. That movie was very dividing, I would say. Even I didn't like it the first time I watched it. Because I, I went into it expecting like a Trick or Treat thing. Not to talk about Krampus, but to talk about Krampus. Because <laughs> um, I went into it expecting it to be like Trick or Treat. To be, you know, fun and kind of have like that childlike excitement surrounding the holiday. But bloody gory and like super top notch and it also has tony collette in it so i was like at that time i wasn't like a super fan now i am but you know i went to that movie expecting it to be you know what trick-or-treat was and it wasn't which is completely okay but i watch that movie every year it really is a movie that i watch every single year in christmas it's krampus it's the original black christmas and it's gremlins every year don't give a fuck and gremlins it's a christmas movie (laughs) is it Yes, it literally happens on Christmas. But like, okay, okay, all right. It is. Don't, okay, listen, (laughs) Gremlins is a horror movie and we're going to talk about it because there's one scene in Gremlins where, and I remember as a kid, it fucking scared the shit out of me. So it's when they start to morph into actual Gremlins when they go from, you know, the cute little fuzzy fur balls to Gremlins. And, um, because what are they called? I have no idea. They're called something before. Oh, Mogwise. So stupid. So when they oh. go from Mogwise to Gremlins, like actual Gremlins, and the mom. I thought Mogwai was his name. The, like, that one's name. No, his name's Gizmo. Oh, Gizmo's you're so right. Precious. I'm stupid. Yeah, but they're Mogwise. And then they transition into Gremlins if you, oh, you know, break the rules pretty much. Right. Always about breaking the rules. But there's a scene in that um, movie where the mom, she's by herself in the house. And it's when they, because um, obviously... Because Gizmo was, he, of course, like, made a whole bunch more. Um, So when they all turn into evil gremlins. And the mom's by herself in the house. And she's, like, walking around. Full horror movie. Full fucking horror movie by herself. And do you hear what I hear? That fucking Christmas (laughs) song is playing. Or do you see what I see? And it's playing, like, the entire time. And it's so... Picor, delicious. It is everything I've ever wanted in a movie. That scene scared me so much as a kid. And even when I rewatch it every year, I... I could be on my phone texting, scrolling through Twitter, watching Gremlins in the background because it's one of those movies that kind of put it on in the background. But when that scene comes on, I all eyes on the TV. I'm like, I'm watching. I enjoy it. It's such a blast. And the mom is such a bad. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it because what was the last time you even watched Gremlins? Oh, my God. I was literally an infant. 
Okay, so we're going to rewatch it because it's literally a Christmas movie. It's literally a horror <laughs> okay. movie. It's a fucking blast. I love Gremlins. But that's exactly what Trick or Treat kind of gives me, like that whimsical vibe of being horror but also being kind of funny but also being scary. And obviously it does it in an R-rated way because Krampus and Gremlins and things like that kind of do it in a PG-13 or even a PG way. And this movie takes it to fucking the next level in the most exciting way possible because even if we're looking at mr krieg and i feel so bad for him because his story like his whole arc is depressing because he i mean he agreed to murder those kids anyway so he i guess had it coming and kind of glad that's him i mean they got the kids get him at the end which is kind of cool but like he literally he took these rich i'm assuming they're white i'm very sorry but these rich parents money um and he agreed to murder these kids he was literally going to kill them and I mean, he had what was coming to him, and I'm glad that the kids kind of took the initiative to, well, one of them, to stop it, because that scene is so eerie, and it's the one scene in the entire movie that I feel like is full horror, because the lighting is insane, like, it's fucking ridiculous, and just, like, the dread that you kind of feel that entire scene is, it's sad, because you feel bad for these kids, and, like, he's, they're literally all locked up in chains, which is just... I don't know, that, that's unsettling to me for these poor kids. And when that fucking bus just falls over the cliff, I mean, it's just, it's delicious. It's the best, most eerie, like, part of the movie, and I love that scene so much. So passionate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Stormy. So, yes. Okay, so the trick-or-treat maze, it was two years ago at Halloween Horror Nights, because I remember, um, God, I'm so sad that we can't go this year, Stormy. Me too. I'm so fucking sad. But you yeah, got me started or- just as soon as it ended, so. Yeah. I'm so fucking sad. Okay, we're going to be honest. We're going to kind of get some behind-the-scenes tea here for our podcast. So when we first started the podcast, and we're kind of listing out the scheduling of everything. For the month of October, we wanted to do, like, a haunts, like, a haunted maze, haunts thing. And when we were kind of discussing it, and in my mind, in my poor, you know, naive mind i was thinking that we were going to be back to normal or whatever normal means by the time october came around and i thought you know we'll be able to go to halloween horror nights we'd be able to have like a really fun experience and be able to do like an episode from halloween horror nights with our friends and just like be able to talk about our experience our haunted that's what that was my idea of that episode originally is like being able to be at halloween horror nights and having discussion about what that year was like because and that sounds awesome and i would still love to do that hopefully next year but that was my idea, so I'm just so fucking so, so sad that we don't get to do that this year. But the Halloween Horror Nights, um, two years ago is when they had the trick-or-treat maze. Because I remember that's when I took the picture inside the bus with the creepy kids. Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so sad. Yeah, I knew it wasn't last year because we would have gone through Oh, because you were there. <laughs> They're both kind of merged together for me. It happens. I was just there for one of them. <sighs> I just love... I love. I'm so sad that we can't go this year. We'll figure it out next year for sure. We will. You know but, what? I mean, Let's go to fucking Salem. What is it? Yeah, Salem. Salem. Girl, please. I feel like it's probably not that far from me. If I don't think it is. I don't think it's far from you. Stormy, does anybody know where you even live? We haven't even talked no. about it. Where you at? Girl? Oh, what up, bitches? <laughs> I'm in Michigan. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I fucking love it. Baby's going to the Great Lakes. 
Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember the first time. So I was flying home from Michigan this summer because uh-huh. I was reckless for my <laughs> birthday, if we're being honest. But mm, so I was flying. I wore my mask. <laughs> <laughs> flying back Anyways, from Michigan, I was flying into Chicago, like, for my first layover. And so we're obviously flying over the Great Lakes. And... For a minute, I like I kind of panicked because it took so long to drive over to drive <laughs> to fly over the Great Lakes that like I thought maybe I had gotten on the wrong flight. I was like, "Is this an ocean? Where the fuck am I going? Where am I going to end up?" Like the fucking UK is fucking closed down because of COVID. Like <laughs> was panicking, and then eventually I saw land again, and I was like, "Oh." My didn't need my inhaler. Those lakes are huge, dude. For whatever reason, literal, literally like crawl weezer over here. Like, oh my god. Also, we both are drinking. Well, I don't know if you're drinking out of it, but but we both got matching like little wine goblets from Shannon, and they're so fucking cute. So adorable. Straight from. Oh, never mind. I'm all exposed where they're from. But they're adorable, and I love them. I love <laughs> I won't expose. But they're also, I finally rare, got my bookmark from Spooky Marks, so on Instagram. So I'm gonna have to make a post. I'm so excited. Yes, because they're so cute. So yes, shout out to um, Spooks Marks on Instagram because they are awesome, avid. She's an avid listener of our podcast, so we love her. And she was so sweet to send Stormy. Um, I don't even remember what episode it was, but I guess Stormy made a passing comment that she loves The Shining. And lo and behold, when I had ordered my screen bookmark from there, she sent me an additional one. Uh, and she said, hey, I sent a Shining bookmark for Stormy because she said on the podcast that she enjoyed The Shining. So I was like, I cry about everything. So, of course, I started crying. And I was like, oh, wow, that's just so sweet and so precious. And it's been a two-month journey. I am so sorry to get it to Stormy. But she finally has it. And so you deserve Storm. Thanks. I don't like. I don't know. That just warms my little heart that y'all pay that much attention to us because we're just two little, two little bitches trying to figure life out. Right. And, and I'm also going to apologize for this episode because when um we made the post, of course, that this is the, <laughs> the episode that we were discussing, and people did reach out to me and they kind of explained that they're very excited about this episode and they're looking forward to it. And I was like, I hope I can do it justice because we are me and Stormy come up in here and we just. We gabble and it's hilarious, but I hope you had a good time with the episode because trick or treat really, it's a Halloween staple. I watch it every year. It's fun. It's whimsical. It's gory. And it just gives me all the fucking spooky vibes I need every October. It really did get my October started on the right foot, especially while, oh my God, I was looking out my window at my spooky little trees. And so I'm really just (laughs) in the spooky vibe now. Yeah, it's everything. It's awesome. I mean, obviously the female werewolves, women empowerment, I love that for them. Um, everything's just good. Everything's great about this movie. Um, I guess we didn't really get into the Mr. Creek segment too much. Um, but like I said, it's very much a Christmas carol, obviously. And Sam is a king. He is everything I love about the Halloween season. His little jack-o'-lantern head when they rip, when you rip the little fucking... What is that? What What is that over him? Like, what is that mask made out of? I honestly don't know. I asked myself the same fucking question when I was watching it earlier. 
like what it is is on the tip of my tongue and I can't say it. And I'm going to be so annoyed that I'll like remember as soon as I wake up tomorrow morning. But when you take off that fucking sack that's over his head, <laughs> his little pumpkin sack. face is actually so terrifying. And his lollipop. Oh, the burlap. Burlap sack. Burlap. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh my God. I could not oh. think of it for a second. Wow. Welcome to Joanne Fabrics. But uh... <laughs> Welcome to Michael's. <laughs> what if our podcast was just us discussing crafts? And uh, certain fabrics. Sponsored and... by Hobby Lobby. <laughs> wow. We Lobby. love that. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't talk about. Okay, listen. Before we do wrap all this up, um, I kind of wanted to talk about like the imagery of this movie because a lot of it really does. I don't know. And it's just, I feel, I don't think it's too early to say because this movie's years old at this point. But the imagery in this movie just. It's just chef's kiss. It's fantastic. And a lot of props and objects in this movie are, I don't know, phenomenal. Obviously, Sam's lollipop is like, hello. Spirit Halloween's selling, like, uh, the actual, like, sucker now. And I haven't bought it yet. I might go back and buy it now that I rewatched the movie because, obviously, obsessed. But everything about this movie is just fantastic. The masks that all of the kids wear in the bus are terrifying, which is because they all look very like old school Halloween. Like when you see those old Halloween movies or pictures right. from like the fucking 30s. They all mm-hmm. have like that old vibe to them and they're all very terrifying. And you can actually purchase those masks. I'm pretty sure I've seen them around. But all those masks are fucking amazing. I'm obsessed with all of them. Obviously, um, oh my god, I lost my train of thought. Wow. Choo-choo. But yeah. <laughs> the imagery, <laughs> the imagery, the props, everything's fun. The music, it's just, I mean, honestly, I came into this podcast episode ready to fucking just gabble about how much I love this movie. And I feel like we did that. We really did. Um, I honestly feel like this is one that I'll eventually end up showing Galita and we can enjoy together. Um, I enjoyed forcing Ash to watch it with me. Um, so, oh, did she yeah. enjoy it? She did. Um, Mm. She's really not one for like gory things. So Uh (laughs) I think it's a good like like um, a good medium, I guess. Yeah, it's a good little foot in the door. Mm -hmm. It is. I kind of love that you said that you like would like to show Alita because it kind of feels like one of the. I mean, I guess it kind of depends on what age, but it feels very gateway horror, and that's because it really, like I said, it has like that essence of, you know, childlike, you know. Just that essence of, like, being... I mean, I think it's, like you said, like, the storybook, comic book beginning and just kind of it being two different... Or four different stories. I think it's a good way to kind of lean younger horror fans into the genre and allow them to kind of expand on it. Because if... I think I would. I think this would be one of the movies that I would show, like, a younger horror fan as, like, an entryway to then also understand the rest or all other anthologies, I guess. Because, I mean, if you show somebody... Just like an anthology. I feel like sometimes anthologies throw people off because it is. It's just like separate stories. I think Trick or Treat right. does a fantastic job at merging them all together and intertwining them, but still being an anthology. And I think it's a good way to kind of like dip somebody's toe into that water because then you can then show them Creep Show, which I still haven't seen and I'm very sorry. Um, but I understand like that's a huge, huge Halloween anthology film that people or a good horror anthology film that people really enjoy. So I feel like it's a good way to kind of just start that up because there's a whole bunch and there's um, Nightmare Cinema on Shudder. That's fantastic. That's an anthology film. That one's amazing as well. There's one on Netflix as well that 
every single short is directed by a woman. I think it's XX. That's also a fantastic anthology film. But those are kind of, I mean, Nightmare Cinema is a little bit more intertwined because it's like people in a theater. You should watch it because it's really good. But um, XX is a little bit more traditional anthology where it's just separate stories. But I feel like Trick or Treat is a fantastic way to lead people into anthologies altogether because I feel like a lot of people don't get them. Yeah. So we stand Trick or Treat. We do stand Trick or Treat. I enjoy it far more than I do Creep Show. if we're being completely honest. So, so you have seen Creep Show? Yeah. Hmm, okay. I've never seen, which is awful. I feel bad that I haven't seen it, but I got to give it a try. I know people say that they like Creep Show 2 a lot more than they like the first Creep Show. Mm, I don't. I'd have to rewatch both to give a um an educated answer on that one. <laughs> You're doing better than I at least cuz you've at least seen them. It's really a labor of love. <laughs> it is. You know, we're spooky bitches. That's what it is. That's one of the things that I watched, like, um, uh, speaking of Tales of from the Crypt, that's something that I watched when I was younger. And, like, going back and watching it again, it didn't disappoint. Because I feel like a lot of the things that I watched when I was younger, I... I don't know. You kind of tend to put something on a pedestal. Like you think yeah. it's more than it is, but it's whether it's like it's more spooky than it really is, or it's more funny than it really is. You just kind of right. tend to do that as a child. But Tales from the Crypt just fucking hits the spot for me, man. I have to go back and watch some of this episode because I have not seen Tales from the Crypt since I was young. So it's so good, and I just love the little little crypt keeper. He's so cute. <laughs> a legend. A legend, an actual legend. Love him. I was obsessed with him, <laughs> and I was, of course, obviously obsessed with Elvira growing up because they were like hosts, horror hosts, which mm-hmm. was like a big staple. They even made Fred. Do you, did you ever watch the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, series where they kind of no. made like Freddy Krueger a host as well? That was a big thing back in the day. Like these horror shows that had different, like obviously scary stories happening, and there was like the host, the horror host that would like the big personality, and Freddy did it for a bit. Um, which is very interesting. They also had a Friday the 13th series, I believe. Wow. But I've never seen any of that. I've seen um, Friday the 13th because that would always be on Chiller. Do you remember Chiller? Um, yeah. It was a, yeah, on DirecTV. They would always show the Friday the 13th, or not Friday, the Nightmare on Elm Street episodes on there. Always, 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 always. And I would watch that a whole bunch when I was younger. So Freddie, of course, is just, Robert England is a legend. He does fantastic at that whole gig. He's but, daddy. Daddy. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, that's trick-or-treat. We were all over the place this episode. <laughs> we really are, but we're out of practice. We're figuring everything out all over again. I'm literally sitting under my kitchen table, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you never seen RuPaul's Drag Race. That gives me full, like, Laganja Estranja from season six of Drag Race. Because um, there's a – she's crazy. She's a crazy drag queen. She's amazing, actually. But there's a part in that season where she's, like, sitting under the table, like, taking notes, and everybody's just staring at her. So you're giving me that full fantasy right now. I mean, I don't understand the reference, but I feel honored. <laughs> I'll, send you, I'll send you, like, a clip or something. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, overall, we recommend this movie. It's amazing. I love it. Go watch it. Set off to your October. Well, set off your mid-October to the right <laughs> vibe. <laughs> We're sorry, we're back, and we're messy, but it was. It's been crazy, and 
from this point forward, we're getting back into the groove of weekly recording again. So we're going to get together. Um, hopefully the audio quality gets better from this point forward. Um, and things will be a lot more structured. We wanted to have a fun movie that kicks off October in a crazy way. Trick or treat. And I just, I don't know. I love this movie. Go do it. If you haven't watched it this year, go do it. Period. Very that. Okay, Stormy War, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and a couple of other places at slash her. You can find all of those links in our link tree on Twitter. And tune in next week. We love you so much and stay spooky. Bye, everybody. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye. The film was directed by Michael Daughtery. Oh, how the fuck do you say his name? Daughtery? <laughs> Daughtery? Da? Michael Doherty? Oh, I think it's Doherty. <laughs>